Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Uh, first of all, I, I just a few questions in regards to contact tracing. You, one of your former predecessors, Tom Frieden, has uh, suggested a workforce of at least 300,000 people in the country to effectively contact trace. I'd like you to comment on that. Back in June, the director of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Dr. Robert Redfield, testified before Congress. You know, I've spoken to Tom about this. I know his number, he estimated 300,000. I, I mentioned that I've estimated between 30 and 100,000. Since April, public health experts have been calling for the government to hire hundreds of thousands of workers and expand our contact tracing workforce. Regardless of the exact number of contact tracers this country needs right now, the general consensus is there's still not enough. So in today's episode, we're gonna look at contact tracing. What is it? What's the current status in the United States? And what are the challenges that still remain? I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. Hello, this is Alexander calling from the Massachusetts COVID-19 Collaborative. How are you doing? Alexander Miaman is a contact tracer in Massachusetts. He works with Partners in Health. That's a global health nonprofit. So otherwise, how are you and your family doing? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah, welcome. Uh, and again, this is neighbors looking out for neighbors, right? Thank you for, for isolating and self-quarantining. This is huge. Alexander makes 10 to 20 similar phone calls a day as a contact tracer. He's looking for people that have been in contact with someone recently diagnosed with COVID-19. His job is to inform them that they may have been exposed to the virus as well. In April, during the height of the pandemic, Massachusetts launched an ambitious $94 million contact tracing program. It was the first of its kind in the United States. Alexander is one of hundreds of people who have been hired to do this sort of work since then. So I asked him to start off by walking us through his typical workday. I wake up in the morning, we have a, a, a list of people that tested positive or suspected cases that come to us. And we'll go through that list and look at the demographic, where they are from, what the location. And then we go on ahead and engage them, calling them on the phone and asking them questions. Now, it's important to clarify that contacts aren't just people you might walk by in a supermarket. They are typically people that you've interacted with for at least 10 minutes, up to two days before they showed symptoms. Whenever Alexander finds someone who might be at risk, he helps them figure out what they're going to need to do to quarantine themselves. Asking someone to isolate or to quarantine is a big ask. It's a big ask for most people in our community. We've sent people to hotels for them to isolate there where we provide them three meals a day. And they had contact with a nurse that were checking the vitals three times a day. It's really important for all this to happen. 
One study in The Lancet found that contact tracing plus isolating and quarantining contacts reduced transmission by 64%. Massachusetts now has a daily positivity rate under 2%. In part, that's because of contact tracing. Contact tracing is more than collecting data. It is more than uh, making phone calls. Uh, Contact tracing is an act of caring. John Welch oversees the contact tracing partnership between Massachusetts officials and partners in health. This is a group that has helped with outbreaks all over the world. In fact, I saw their work firsthand when I covered the Ebola outbreak in West Africa. In Massachusetts, we've attached this contact tracing to resource coordination, to making sure people have what they need to safely isolate and quarantine at home through the duration of their illness or through the duration of of their sort of quarantine period. This is things like food delivery, medication delivery, uh, making sure if people have responsibilities outside the home to take care of a loved one, that you're addressing those things as well. In recent months, Massachusetts has laid off hundreds of its contact tracers, citing declining case numbers. On the other hand, there are other states that still don't have the resources necessary to provide enough support to do adequate contact tracing. The problem is in this country, we don't have that strong of these kind of social systems to help take care of people during bad times. Uh, Yeah, if you're a single parent and you have kids, what are you going to do? Marcus Plesha is the chief medical officer of the Association of State and Territorial Health Officials. It's a nonprofit that represents public health agencies and employees around the country. They've been advising state and local officials on contact tracing efforts. At the end of July, there were just over 41,000 contact tracers across 45 states and Washington, D.C. That's according to a survey from NPR and Johns Hopkins University. And that's a far cry from the 100,000 tracers or 300,000 tracers that some public health experts estimate that we need to effectively reopen. We think that if we got to 100,000 contact tracers across the nation, then we begin to have the capacity to do this and do this well. How many you ultimately need depends a little bit on how active the disease is. So when you have big outbreaks, you need more people because you got to trace more people. Plesha says there are two challenges that has made contact tracing so difficult in the United States. One is that, you know, we really didn't have a very large contact tracing workforce when we started and we need a huge number of people. So, you know, we're really still in the process of building that in a lot of state and local communities, but we aren't getting there. The other challenge that we're seeing is that we're finding that when rates get really high, uh, we're running into a problem with testing. We're having to wait, you know, sometimes four, five, even seven days to get test results back. And that's a problem for contact tracing because contact tracing, you want to know as soon as possible when somebody is positive so that you can get out there and find their contacts and, 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 you know, notify them and get them to quarantine. And in areas where the level of community transmission is very high, contact tracing alone simply isn't enough. You know, maybe in some of those places, we're going to just have to move to different approaches, more aggressive approaches, possibly even getting back to a place where in some places we have to do stay-at-home orders again and really lock down for a little while. In some communities, it's also been difficult for contact tracers to reach people and then to get them to share their information openly. What I think we hadn't anticipated enough was that we would have some people who were cases who were sick 
who would would maybe not be willing to tell us who their contacts are. And some of that's understandable. People don't want to be perceived as, you know, snitching on their friends or coworkers or neighbors. But this is just a matter of educating people and getting people used to it and, you know, making this a little bit more the norm. Despite the challenges, Plesha does remain optimistic. We need to not get discouraged. We, we just need to keep at some of these things and we will, we will eventually get there and get ahead. As I've said before, we're going to have to learn to live with this virus for a while. And contact tracing will be an essential part of that. So we have to continue building up our contact tracing system and also the social services that support it. Think about it. You can't ask someone to isolate or quarantine if they don't have enough food, basic resources, or even a place to stay. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.